Yeah. Yeah, he's the one with the glasses, right? Yeah. yeah, he was a cool dude. I remember, like, he was one of the earlier episodes I did. Like, I was in an apartment in Ann Arbor. Okay. Yeah, and that was even, it was fun because, like, I had just, like, once or twice a week, I was doing a lot, and, like, once or twice a week, just, like, some random group of, you know, rap scallions mm-hmm. would just come in to the apartment complex. It he's, like, like a, the opposite. He's, like, straight. Straight and narrow, good guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> people probably thought I was like selling weed or something with all the different people who are constantly hustle. coming and going. <laughs> yeah, right? Selling dope to the people that come on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back when you could sell weed. There's no reason to sell weed anymore. I feel you like people compete. still do. Do they? Yeah. Like I've heard about people like selling weeds. So I'm like, well, like, who are you selling it to? Yeah, that's weird. Like suckers, well, basically? Yeah, right. Well, some people <laughs> like mid weed. Some people like like rego weed still i do the dispensary is too much okay cool yeah yeah i have a place though that i go to in cold water mm-hmm. uh, like whenever i visit my grandparents who live out there like there's this one dispensary that sells like a quarter for like 25 dollars. okay and it's like 10 percent thc okay it's beautiful and it's, it's like perfect it's like pine tree green. It's not neon green. Or yeah. Green, right? Yeah. It's very, it's sometimes it's just kind of yellow, brown, nice. green, like okay. that's snickle fritz, dude. That's cool. And backyard boogie. Yeah, dude. That's the shit I like. I don't want to, I don't want to meet God every time. Yeah. You know? Right. Ego death every time you smoke. Yeah. But, uh, Trevor from blood castle. <laughs> what is up? What's up, dude? Oh, good. Okay, sweet. Good. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that. People can just suffer through thirty seconds of adjustment. Sure. No, <laughs> for, I love that. Or they can just fast forward. If you hit, if you hit the fast forward right now to thirty seconds, we'll be in the middle of something by then. Yes. Yeah. But where where are you from? So originally, um, like East Metro Detroit, I've lived up and down Gratiot Avenue. You know, whether it's in the city of Detroit or on the outskirts of Macomb County. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Played in bands for the last 10 years. Hardcore punk bands, indie acts, and uh, this is kind of the first project that's entering a new realm of, you know, aesthetically and genre-wise. Yeah. What do you, like, mm-hmm. what, are you, like, main songwriter? Yeah, okay. I am primary, I would say. I mean, yeah. I have collaboration with, you know, other band members, but I'd say primary songwriter. Yeah, mm-hmm. usually, usually there's one, maybe two members that are, like, founding members or the first person who has the idea to, like, okay, this this is, this is needs to be a band, you know? Right. Or, like, this right. is where, like, you know where it wants to go and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, I have a, he was going to make it tonight, but he's in between some personal stuff, but my drummer and I, we kind of started the project together during like 2020. Okay. And he, uh, he has his project, which is kind of darker aesthetically and everything I've done. Um, I guess it wasn't similar to what blood castle is now. Um, so I just wanted him to be like the parent, the other parent of the project, you know? Yeah. And we were able to like paint a picture again uh, or together, like aesthetically and sonically. So it's, it's been a fun journey so far. That's cool. I mean, I I've always worked the best, I think, with a drummer. Yeah. Like whenever I have, just me and a drummer writing is the ideal. 
experience because I, I think if everyone's writing at the same time it's it's like it's overwhelming yeah for me you know like because yeah. i i like to have input from everybody but if there's too many cooks in the kitchen like when you're still trying to come up with what the dish even is you know what i mean like sure. it's it's hard to it's hard to do that but um where are you guys kind of playing now? I mean, you have any shows coming up? Yeah, we have a show actually in Taylor. It's our first Sound River show. Oh, really? Um, it was the day after, yeah, four twenty. So, so April twenty first. Um, it's with Midwest Flare. I think they're kind of around this area, and then they're like a pop punk band. And then with January Man, they're from Toledo. They're like post punk ish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been fun, you know, playing with bands of different genres and, uh. Yeah, we're pretty excited for it. You get a free joint. The first three people to enter, really? then you get a free joint. Yeah, <laughs> which really is a thing. Like, no, I think just my bassist smokes. I haven't smoked in a long time and years, and my drummer's been straight edge. So, you know, it's yeah. interesting to play with bands of different dynamics. I have my moments. You know, we have our moments where we party, and my drummer's the straight guy. So it's it's always entertaining. For yeah, sure. but he's cool with it though. Like, oh yeah, he's yeah. always always yeah. For sure, and, and I was white knuckling it through the whole thing. No, no, he's he's very tolerant, very tolerant person. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we actually, him and I used to play in a hardcore punk band together, and back when I was like twenty one, you know, we, I definitely hit the sauce most shows we played, and he always tolerated all my bullshit, so I'm pretty, pretty thankful for him. Yeah, that's cool. I feel like I'm the one who tolerates the bullshit in my band. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm just kind of fucking with my guys if any of them are listening to this sure. but no we don't really like we don't do any of the stuff that's like what bands stereotypically do like i don't actually know very many bands at all that like party no it's unquote. not a thing anymore it's really not like i've never like i haven't seen one person do cocaine at a show <laughs> ever like depends on the venue yeah, like I'm Old sure Miami. I know maybe. it's been done. Like <laughs> right. I know it's happened, but I've never been offered. I've never like, and I'm like, this is rock and roll. Like, right. you know, but I, that's not like, man, I wish people would hit me up with some cocaine. Like, that's not mm. the case. But it's just like you think about, you know, the image of like rock, the scene, whatever. When you grow up as a kid, you think about it, and you hear about all these musicians that like fall off the wayside or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I guess that's just not gonna happen <laughs> like, right right which is good you mm-hmm. know maybe a little anticlimactic but <laughs> in, a, in a in a sense i'm like i'm glad that that's not the case i'm glad it's not something that is like constantly a distraction or constantly sure. like feeling like oh well, here's this thing i need to resist you mm-hmm. know it's nice to just kind of be like wholesome you yeah know? <laughs> no right yeah it's definitely refreshing it's funny you said anticlimactic it made me think i don't know if you're a sopranos guy yeah but it made me think of that episode where uh christopher goes i kind of figured you were for some reason yeah, yeah but uh christopher goes you know where's my arc and uh paulie goes i never had an arc and i turned out okay and yeah. that's kind of it's I'm going to use that metaphor for like kind of what blood castle is, you know, I'm, we're all kind of entering 30 and I've been a father for four years and oh shit. That's yeah. Cool, dude. So we're kind of like, we're writing about, I, I, I find myself writing about topics I've really, you know, I've written about before, you know, sometimes it's about spirituality or, you know, heartbreak or, you know, mourning the loss of a loved one or what have you, you know, it's the topics have changed. So it's kind of, 
I don't know, even if it's anticlimactic, like we're not, you know, thrashing like we used to. Right, right. It's still, you know, it's an intense experience. Yeah. Know? What about like when you became a dad, how did it, did it change your approach to music? Like, yeah. Did you start writing differently? A hundred percent. So fun fact for you, my old project actually had an interview book with you years ago. I'm glad this is running right now. Oh, um, but I was in a, I had a solo project that my drummer helped me out with. He played shows with me and recorded with me sometimes, but, uh, it was called my drowning youth. And it was like, um, like freak folk indie stuff. Oh, that, that sounds familiar. Uh huh. I had like, I've we had to cancel because I uh, I ended up going to India, I think. I, oh, I spent shit. about uh, a month in India. Glad you guys canceled, not me. <laughs> yeah, I think we canceled because I'm like, hey, I got an offer to go to India and study bhakti yoga for a month. So I went off. And, <laughs> That's fucking sick. Yeah. And, then, and when I was in India, I found I was having a child, you know. Um, Damn, what a great time to find out, though. Like when you're in the middle of like meditation type, like spiritual... <laughs> Like, yeah, what a great environment. I mean, I don't know what it was actually like for you, but what in was, theory, what was funny it was kind of like the opposite in what they say, and and I'm not as involved with that culture anymore. You know, the I was kind of involved with like a yoga community. Yeah, um, not physical yoga, but like yoga of the soul, bhakti yoga. Okay, and uh, um, it was it, they say you stir the pot kind of when you go over to India. Either people have those really, you know, I don't know existential moments or mm-hmm. coming to God moments. But mine was more like, ex- mine was kind of a, I stirred the pot. So all, all of like my inner problems that I didn't really work out kind of came out in India. Okay. So like, it could be kind of traumatic. It was kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. And then on top of that, you know, it was an amazing experience, but it was, you know, finding I was having a kid. It's it like I was starting my life for the first time, really yeah. coming back to the United States was like, I'm, starting my life now that must have been so surreal yeah it was wild like, coming back is crazier that's though. what i mean like come, yeah. when you came back that yeah. must have been a, such a strange like holy shit it's like you're seeing everything in a new way for the first time right you know like i've heard people say that like once they became a parent everybody they see starts to look you see them instead of just like as the guy who cut you off in traffic you see them as someone who used to be a six-day-old child who right that you can empathize with them more because you realize like oh shit so many different things could have gone wrong or right for that person and they were just an innocent child and all these things sure not that people aren't accountable but you know what i mean like you you can heard that you can empathize with with people more mm-hmm. i don't have any in kids, theory you know yeah in theory <laughs> you know like yeah it's not like i can't stand also when people though are just like man everything's different in like i'm sure it is yeah but also like you're not fucking ram das just because you had a yeah son. exactly you know what I right mean? exactly <laughs> yeah and i don't want to come off that way at all no not you usually don't talk about these things but yeah i um, love talking about this shit by the way you know no, like, it's cool. i absolutely love spirituality and like i wish it's one of those things that i wish i was just thinking about it today like i wish that i talked more about things outside of music or like the metaphysical nature of music so don't sure. be surprised if we start going down that rabbit hole right it's now. already going i love yeah. it it's already going um no i mean the only reason i don't bring things up and i actually it's the first time i did it since i've been in this band um because you know my last project was more i talked about more metaphysical topics um 
But the only reason I don't is because I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. I don't want to be the the guru of the indie or hardcore <laughs> scene. You know what I mean? I don't well, maybe be that we guy. need that. <laughs> maybe, yeah. I actually, it's, when I was practicing bata yoga, I had a, I shaved my head, and I was played bass in a hardcore punk band at the time. And I remember we played um, the Loving Touch. We opened up for a band called Listener. They're like a spoken word slash post hardcore band. Like like me without you kind of thing. Yeah, kind of yeah. like that. Yeah. Um a little more like uplifting and positive, but still in that same vein. Oh, that's kind of dope. Yeah. And um My friends would fucking hate that, but that's dope. <laughs> <laughs> but when I walked in, someone like I don't know if they're being sarcastic or they actually meant it out of respect and kind of like like did the pranams like the the folded hands to me yeah, yeah, yeah. and i was like uh like i don't want to be i don't know you know what i mean <laughs> I, I shouldn't bring these two worlds together so did you have like the, the shaved head with like the yeah the sika yeah that's oh, what it's yeah. called 100 percent. yeah oh, that's hilarious. yeah that's for awesome, sure dude. no i used to be involved with the Hare krishna community really that's essentially what it was um but um but i'm actually it's funny because Hare krishna got me into hardcore because i didn't really listen to hardcore until i was probably Hare krishna yeah, exactly. Krishna core is a huge thing. No shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially like That's the New York hardcore scene dude. is saturated with Hare Krishnas. That's so funny. Yeah. Like Crow Mags, Shelter, 108, all that stuff. So like the Krishnas got me into hardcore. That's so amazing. Yeah. They're like hardcore kids, they latch onto the most random shit, dude. Like the well, that it's extremism. Or, or the sport of hockey. Yeah. You know what I right, mean? Right. Right. Like it's I'm, extremism. Anything that's extreme. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like straight edge, like extreme straight edge. Exactly. Right. Like, you know, like, and all of, none of these things are bad things. No. Uh, it's just, I think it's just funny to observe that hardcore seems to like have all these seemingly arbitrary connections to things mm -hmm. that, you know, are standalone communities on their own. And then hardcore just is one of the only genres of music that also is like synonymous with these other disciplines i yeah, feel like sure i'm not saying it's the only one but it's one of the only ones that i can think of you know yeah i mean i think it pioneered a lot of things too you know like veganism for one you know yeah that's another sure. one it gets very it's very um it's almost like hardcore kind of took over where punk was trying to go yeah you know what i mean well, it had it to the next level i don't want to be too much of a hardcore kid here but i will say like hardcore had the answers to the problems that punk was stating like punk could state the, what the issues were yes but hardcore had the solutions you know in my opinion or like yeah. 80s and 90s hardcore yeah for sure i think that's it's i'm fine with that explanation you yeah. know what i mean like i don't i don't have any i mean obviously I, I i look at it with i'm sure the same sense of nuance that you do you know what i mean like in in a general way it was something that started to come up with more solutions mm -hmm. not that punk never had any but it was like okay you started this thing you started to list the problems like let's right, right. let's advance this it was a natural progression and i think that can be inspirational to other you know not just genres of music but just people and who are touched by it yeah you know what i mean yeah no i mean i don't uh, I don't want to be the guy to shit on punk because I grew up in the punk scene. You know, I met most of my friends through the music through yeah. punk, you know, but, um, I definitely want to separate like this project, bringing back the blood castle. Like I do want to separate myself from that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even if we, if we write a song together, like with my band, I'll have an idea. I'll hash out my, my bassist and my drummer. And if I hear it going in a punky direction, yeah, I yeah. start to rewrite it just because it's, I fall back to that. It's hard. Yeah. It's really it's, tough. It's hard. Like, yeah. 
I think it's hard and just in any genre, but I think especially punk because punk is so easy to write compared to if you're trying to, I'm not trying to like diss it, but it's no, me either. It's right. so clearly a simple formula. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, unless you're doing like math punk or like these like subgenres that like are purposefully more like progressive punk, things like that. Right. Like right. if it's just, but it's so easy to just fall into the groove and just find your power chord progression and then just roll with it. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like punk is more about the energy. It's more about the lyrics than right. it is about like, advancing the musical envelope you know what i mean of course so it is yeah. it is easy but i think in you know other genres too like i when i'm trying to write a new song i think about my i'm starting to think about what my patterns have been i've been a musician long enough to where you know i have a body of work that is uniquely me but then i'm getting to the point where if i write a new song i start to fall into those patterns again i'm like i already did that you right. know like sure that, like that's a, here's a chord progression like Oh my god! I know that I would all like me going to this next chord here is something I would have done already. Mm-hmm. So like, or this this song shifting tone in this way feels like something I've already done. So I need to. It's harder to write music now. I think yeah. for me. Yeah. Have you ever found yourself? I'm sure you've been writing for ten years or more. Have you At ever least. found? Yeah. Have you ever found yourself like, uh, or even if you've been around the same musicians for a decade, you know bring a new idea to the table and then you'll start playing the chorus. They'll be like, Oh yeah. And this is for a new song. And they'll be like, Oh yeah, I remember that one. Uh, we used to play that two bands ago or something I'm like, Oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. You know, that happens kind of, kind of often, but you know, yeah, for me, it's, it's not so much particular parts that get recycled, but it's the formula of, right, of a right. song. Like I've, I'm trying to get away from, this formula that I use often where it's like a cool chord progression, sort of like almost bluesy jazzy chord progression with like weird, like pinky embellishments and shit. Mm -hmm. And, but, and it's like energetic and then it moves to like a really pretty, like subtle bridge. And that just like builds and gets pretty and pretty. And then this explosive ending, like that's something that is always satisfying to me but I've done it enough, you know? Right. And I still well, it's have good to have your like staple that. structure. You know, that's, yeah. that's important, I think. And we're, we're still kind of, I don't want to say we're figuring, figuring it out, but we're moving forward with it. I think the last track we just dropped last month, we did a really light release for a single. Um, and I think it kind of switched it up. Went with a producer that does more like metal and pop centric stuff. Oh yeah. So it's just, I mean, we wanted to kind of go with a different, you know, sonic approach and we called it like doom pop. So, so it's kind of some doomy tendencies, but it it really upbeat. Like we call it like the Avril Lavigne, uh, drum tempo, like the early two thousands, (laughs) like, you know, we had that included some weird little like poppy vocal techniques and effects that we did in the studio. So we're kind of excited to try something new instead of just doing the same old, you know, delay and reverb vocals, you yeah. know, play through an orange. We've done that before. Yeah, we saw yeah. a little different, you know? Yeah. So, and I, I think, uh, I listened to, I was like cramming listening to your stuff a little bit today. I had such a crazy day at work, not to like, oh, it's so hard to be. No, me too. I but, know. you know, it was like, I was cramming a little bit listening to it and I was trying to get a, the feel for it. And I think there's like definitely some, uh, like shoegazy 
stuff in there like yeah. as far as like the guitar tones but then there's also it has more of like a punk inspired energy to it cool. also okay it's, that's good to, that's good to hear you know what I, I mean? like hearing honest uh i like to hear that that's good yeah and you know i haven't listened intently enough to like really try to parse out what i think the influences are or anything but it was enough. i love hearing i love hearing everyone's interpretation yeah it's great it was enough for me to be like okay they're they're definitely like creating it's creating space more than punk would you yes know what I mean? thank it's you stu- yeah thank yeah you. So like, what do you, well, how do you see it? Like, how do you see where things are at right now? We listen to so many, I mean, I hate to be that guy, but we listen to everything. We're really yeah. big on like eighties, like post-punk and goth stands. That's where I got like kind of the vocals from. Okay, cool. Is, is it like more of like the, the goth, like Smiths or that type yeah, of thing? Yeah, thank you. Like the low pitch, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was interesting combo with, you know, like the more like shoegazy type of guitar and like heavy but like spacey you know yeah yeah thank you um i i yeah i mean i listen to everything i hear us like uh i don't know if glass jaw met early cold play oh yeah something. that's dope maybe sprinkle a little bit of like you know deftones and chevelle yeah yeah like yeah that, you know which is it's funny chevelle yeah, yeah thank you yeah and that's the only stuff that i got into recently like i grew up like i would call that mainstream as fuck 10 years ago and i wouldn't listen to that yeah but now it's like you know i guess i guess bring it back to being a parent it's opened me up to accept everything now yeah. you know what i mean i accept i listen to everything i accept everybody it's just you know no one's too normy for me you yeah know what i mean i don't mind throwing on an ip windbreaker and buying <laughs> starbucks you yeah know? dude I'm, I'm not the anti-capitalist i used to be but maybe at heart but uh, yeah no i know what you mean i think that's i think part of that is maturation and mm-hmm. just realizing like i i'm in the same sort of boat realizing that like the things that you like are the things you like and it's okay to be just this nameless insignificant you know part of the whole and just Mm -hmm. especially even with your taste like it's okay to just like pop on a harry styles record unironically and just enjoy it sure you know what i mean like that's just one example but it's entirely okay to just like what you like yeah and like that little you know middle school hipster in you like uh, i was such a musical elitist Mm -hmm. you know when i first started like playing guitar and like i had my friend carl who would just fill my ipod with like every obscure emo band and so i was like in my head superior to the normies in terms of my taste my sure my my taste is superior you know what i mean which part of me still believes but you know it's like (laughs) (laughs) it's, it's just like you realize you can have a sense of humor about it. Like I realize what a caricature of myself I was mm-hmm. and still can be and that it's, you know, entirely okay to just make fun of that. Yeah. You know, be self-aware. That's yeah. beautiful, man. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's led me, it's opened a lot of doors too. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm writing shit now because of that sort of philosophy of just embracing everything. Like I'm writing shit that is entirely different than anything I've ever done. And I think it's, more in line with not who i was trying to be but actually who i am do you know what i'm saying oh yeah no i write um it's funny because i have you know i've done stuff that i've released solo or with previous projects i have stuff that i haven't released and i'll throw it into our practice space or i'll you know i'll send my friends a demo you know yeah cult so we call our collective it's blood call blood castle is almost becoming like a collective blood cult would be hilarious blood cult is actually what we call it 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like we have our it's like own like the fan club or the Yeah, street. exactly. Yeah. yeah, so we we're trying to create this community or this collective of like, you know, people. I mean, we we have more like a sullen and somber tone to some of our stuff, but we're open to all ideas, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um yeah, I mean, I'll just make music like, you know, I mean, recently I've been making a lot of like percussion and beat instrumentals and things and i'll throw it into like the, electronic beats and stuff. yeah a little bit and uh like you know I, i'm a i'm a child of like the indie sleaze era so just like i grew up listening to a lot of like uh you know chill wave and stuff like that okay so like a lot of the influence is kind of creeping back uh you know for nostalgia purposes or whatever and um i've been doing a lot of stuff like that and i'll throw it into the chat or we i've messed around with some some synth you know sonics and you know we're just we're excited for what's coming up for the future for sure because it's going to be different i don't you know we've been playing with a lot of doom bands recently like touring doom bands like um last week who do we play with um uh howling giant they're like a progressive like stoner doom band from ohio (laughs) yeah and played with uh freedom hawk which is like another band of the same genre so we're playing with bands are kind of up and up in the doom scene but like you know, we don't want to be just labeled as that. I like that scene. I feel very comfortable in it. Yeah. And I've made a lot of friends already and I get a lot of support from, you know, uh, doom podcasters and pages online or whatever. But, you know, I don't want to pigeonhole myself. Yeah. Ever, you know? I don't think that your sound, like for the limited, you know, limited listens that I've given it, I don't get a sense of like, sadness or like gloominess from it and i think like i'm curious if having the name blood castle makes people think that it's about to be something different that's kind of what it is i guess maybe that's a salesman in me but i I have to like coax people into it almost and then um creates a little more interesting plus i like the juxtaposition of like having some lighter tones with some heavier aesthetics i don't know i no, I. It's interesting. It's 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 fun. We'll see what happens. With I it. definitely get that. I'm wondering if people can hear my cat purring into the microphone. That's a cute cat. <laughs> yeah, it's Mookie. She is. She doesn't normally do this, but yeah, for the people listening, she's literally just laying on me right now, being a good girl. But um, fat girl, but a good girl. She's brave. You know, <laughs> she's very beautiful and brave. But uh, yeah. So I've I, said that same paragraph so many times I'm just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah just one of those things when you first first wake up you don't think about that you're gonna record yourself talking about how brave and beautiful your cat is but that's that's the spice of life you know mm-hmm. but um so have you have you felt like any sort of have you felt any difficulty of like has it been difficult for people to get what you're going for because it is like a kind of, i don't want to say weird juxtaposition but it is like an un, unconventional sort it's of niche yeah yeah, yeah, I, yeah i think um so far i think people seem to understand it but i, I don't really think um i we've we've played with so many different acts you know and so many different spaces diy spaces and bigger rooms something you know like sanctuary size yeah you know um but we haven't really, no one seems to be super confused, but everybody has like their own opinion, which is always fun to hear, yeah. you know, for sure. Yeah. I think if people, if, but we stand out on bills. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. For better or for worse. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I can definitely relate to that. 
not like based on our aesthetic necessarily, but I definitely just standing out because of just what we sound like and what everyone mm-hmm. else sounds like. Sure. Not that everyone else is a monolith and we're like the one original band. It's 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 more like we fit in on so many different bills that other bands wouldn't fit in on that many because mm-hmm. sure we touch on a lot more i think you know yeah. like touch more genres than some bands do but that does that not to say that some bands don't like attack a singular genre like masterfully mm-hmm. that's just like not our thing you know yeah i don't want to really do that either necessarily i yeah. mean i think my goal is to ultimately plug into this doom scene or the doom gaze scene that's kind of forming right now yeah um that's so interesting to hear that that's like forming I yeah it's like it's, it's very like so small but radar. it's a thing it's that's and cool. i love all the bands involved like some good bands for anyone listening that's interested like uh fey tooth it's really good ravana's a really good um like blackened doom gaze so like a little bit of black metal influence like death heaven ish oh okay um wolven's a really good band out of tennessee uh there's but yeah the doom gaze genre is it's forming, but we want to kind of pull into that and then, you know, grow from there. Seems appropriate given that the world's on fire and all that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the doom scene just sounds like America. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Not to get overly like, you know, opinionated, but it's, uh, it definitely, it definitely feels like AI is going to take over and it feels like we're dooming ourselves mm-hmm. <laughs> to an extent, you know? Um, uh, I don't know. Every time I hear about like chat GPT, I just like don't even want to listen anymore. I'm just like, oh man, that's, it's so strange. And Mm -hmm. I wonder like what's going to happen when music start, like AI starts creating like mainstream music and shit. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. You know? While you said that, I was was thinking the same thing. Like it's, it's already writing papers for college students and shit Mm -hmm. from what I've heard, which sounds great because I'm trying to go back to school to, you know, get a master's. I'm like, I wonder if I could get away with that. <laughs> I wonder <laughs> if I could use chat GPT to, you know, get some busy work done. But sure. I mean, I don't know. I probably wouldn't actually do it, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, we'll see. I, it's like I almost embrace the chaos. You know, I want to yeah. see it like fall into itself. You know, this is, this is a little, uh, teenage anarchist in me but i love to see kind of like our infrastructure like just collapse and see if we can like pick the pieces back up you know yeah that would be interesting it's like start at the end of fight club yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah but yeah i kind of want to go back to like the metaphysical sort of like the yoga thing like and how that plays into your music so i have this thing i say on a lot of episodes that i feel like songwriting is something that doesn't uh like if I write a song, it doesn't feel entirely like it's it's mine. Like yeah, I'm right. happy claiming it because it's the easiest and most I don't know. Like it's it's the easiest way to look at it or explain it to people. Like yeah, I wrote this song, but then if you like, if I really don't care about how pretentious I sound and I'm just telling people what I actually feel and think, mm-hmm. it's like I feel like the song is coming from somewhere and just being like beam down into me no i i believe it is i mean i i feel like i i actually grew up with uh my grandpa was a musician and he always used to say that you know he's a christian guy but he he always used to say that you know god was speaking through him when he played music and uh, whether he meant an actual higher power or something you know some type of 
infinite consciousness that was he was a channel for yeah you know or an instrument for i mean like that's it's an interesting concept for sure i mean i believe it to an extent yeah I, I think you know it's more fun for me to think of it that way and i don't i like to think about what my subconscious is trying to say mm-hmm. you know and i i think when i i can write more when i'm in moods where i'm more open i'm not like full meditation i'm terrible at like meditation and things like that but when i when i have less racing thoughts um even if that means i'm depressed because sometimes when i'm depressed i'm not actually thinking quite as much i'm down i'm slowed down I'm yeah. a little bit more like right sunken into a rut but that also means that my mind is a little bit clearer in the weird in a weird way i know what you're saying yeah yeah and so well because you're I mean, it depends, but your ego could be deflated or inflated by depression. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. So, like, my there's there's more. I guess there's more space for something to come in. I'm like, I'm more mm-hmm. more open to things. Like, and that just tends to be not necessarily always being depressed, but when I'm more open and less like frazzled by the the you know the static of a million racing thoughts, shit seems to come to me then, and it definitely comes to me. It's not something usually like nine times out of 10, it's not something that I sat down with intent to do. Sure. It was like, Oh shit, here, this thing is all of a sudden I better write it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I better, I better move along with this. Cause I don't know when this is going to happen again. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I almost feel like it's something that we have to vomit out of ourselves. It's <laughs> catharsis, you know, it's just yeah. something we can't control. And that's a beautiful thing. You know, I, I think, you know, I try to embrace any type of artistry that comes out of me. And sometimes, you know, I'm going to steal a quote from maybe Billy Corgan or somebody, but you know, you have to write the shitty songs to get to the good ones. So sometimes you have to get that bullshit out of the way to get to your great tracks. At least for me. Yeah. I I related when I think I heard him say that because it's just like, I definitely had my phases that I kind of look back and, I don't cringe on anymore actually either. It just, I like some songs more than others or some phases more than others. Yeah. But it just, it's, it's about the journey and the process, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, even like Bloodcastle's first song, I love this song, but the way we do it live, well, we, I wrote it standard. We play it in C live. We added so many different parts and harmonies to it and dynamic to it that we didn't on when we recorded it. I wouldn't record it like that now, but at the time that felt right. Yeah. I wanted something grimy and full of distortion and, you know kind of sound like a basement dwelling you know i don't know chuggy metal thing yeah know. that's no, what i wanted at the time so yeah no i know what you mean i i think like it's it's i like to have a song never stay the same entirely like i like the idea of having the recording be that's what i wanted to hear on the record you mm-hmm. know but then playing it live, not feeling so married to it. Like I want to, maybe it doesn't translate well live what I wanted to hear on the recording. And so, so you guys are pretty fluid in a live setting. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. And part of that is just like a lot of the recording is just me, Mm -hmm. like outside of the drums. Like I like to do a lot of it. Okay. Um, because I just, I, when I, once I do have a song, it's pretty formed in my head. Like it's, I have the, 
idea of where I want a lot of the layers to already go. Yeah. So same. it's just Except easier. for bass, I can agree with that. Oh, I, yeah. I love what my bassist does, and he lays down a foundation that I couldn't think of. Oh, okay. And, you know, recently we've started writing in, in some weird tunings, um, but we've been playing in C a lot surprisingly which is also a challenge because i i'm i've sang in standard my whole life uh, yeah. so it's kind of weird but i like i like the challenge and uh i was about to say um my bassist doesn't drop tune so he'll like find where he needs to go oh that's and, interesting yeah and he'll like you know and it's it's a creative process it's kind of cool yeah see and hear you know so everything besides bass i really kind of already have in my head but for some reason i just i was a bassist in a band and i just never it was never my thing oh really yeah yeah i like to, i do bass last usually like if yeah, i'm gonna write it mm-hmm. i like to some people they like bass is the the foundation that comes like pretty quickly right after the chord structure the chord pattern then then it's sure. like the bass with the same time as the drums a lot of the time mm-hmm. but i like to I like to think about bass as like a, a counter melody a lot of the times too, sure. instead of just okay. always playing the root notes. Yeah. So I right. I like to throw it in last, and I still end up just using a lot of the roots and stuff. But it's a, it's easier to use it counter melodically when all the melodies and all the melodic stuff is already established. Mm-hmm. So then I don't have to go back and change the bass in order to make it a counter melody. I can just see like, oh, okay, here's what the full song already is. Now what the what can the bass do to make it? that much more interesting right right yeah i mean you know not that my bassist plays reggae music or even probably likes reggae but i grew (laughs) up listening to reggae music too and i mean it fills those voids it's almost like playing to entirely different track yeah and i kind of noticed that you know nick our our bassist kind of does that sometimes too it's like he's in his own world but in a good way yeah you know what i mean and even like when uh i mean nick and i have our energy on stage but my drummer and I will get it in the zone and I, I can be a little energetic on stage and Nick's kind of in his own chill world, Yeah, but it, but it makes so much sense. It's like such a, a nice little, you know, smoothie that we have. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Our bass player is very much just like in his own world too. Adrian, he's always just like standing. He just is always looking at the bass. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> always just... And then I'm, I usually have my eyes closed the whole time. Like I have to like remember to open my eyes and like look at what's happening. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm, do you so, feel, is that like a nervousness thing or is that like a, you're like going within when you're doing it? I'm going within. That's I don't great. feel any nerves. That's good. No, me yeah. that's great. Once I start, the only nerves I have are like, I get anxiety setting up because I don't want there to be any problems and mm-hmm. I don't want to feel rushed. You know, and I want the sound to be good and I want everything to be all right. right. So I get just anxious about that. But in terms of performing and the fact that there's people, like I feel like no nerves about that anymore. Yeah. And I I feel completely in control. Like if everything is going smoothly from a technical, like technology standpoint, then I'm like in the zone feeling great. Mm-hmm. but i just close my eyes a lot because i'm just so like i'm I, that's how i know i'm doing it for me I'm yeah good for you that's because I, I do kind of go into myself and that's so 
But if I'm playing for there's like a decent amount of people there, I try to remind myself like open your eyes, like absorb this, yeah, like be right. here. I started doing this thing, and I don't do it the whole show, but you know, little bits and pieces. I've never done this in any other band I've been in where I kind of look, I look at the crowd more, and even make a little eye contact. Yeah, and that's that's been you know, a cool experience actually. Um, I, you know, I'll look above the crowd mostly, but then there's certain moments where I'll stare at the crowd or walk into the crowd. Yeah, <laughs> and that's always been kind of that's been cool. Yeah. Well, I try to change my performance, you know, with every project I'm in. And, and this one, we, you know, I move around a lot more, you know, our yeah. live shows are pretty hype, I would say. Yeah. That's sweet. We try to make them hype. Try to make them fun. Yeah. Know? Do you, uh, do you guys have any sort of like, is there anything different about the live performance or the structuring of songs or any like extra or subtractions compared to like what's on the record? yeah we have a lot uh, clean to distorted a lot even more so live oh really? like if we do a track that's completely distorted we'll do a lot of uh cleans and then i'll you know we'll kind of mess around with pedals and stuff live you know like yeah. my delays and things like that you know i'll throw a you know some loops from time to time nothing too crazy i'm not like a pedal guy yeah that's what you know like i i I'm really big into shoegaze and, you know, playing right. the pedals instead of the guitar kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not like a, I'm not like a technical savant about it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I'm about as far as you can go uh, into not being a pedal guy without being an actual pedal. What I'm saying is like, I have a shit ton of pedals. I have a huge pedal board. Yeah. But none of them are like, strymons or dl4s or like in these digital no, me, like yeah. loopers but i have like a huge pedal board of like simple idiot proof like three knobs yeah right <laughs> sounds good exactly. no matter what the setting is exactly and i love i love that but what you said like playing the pedals instead of the board i think i've definitely had some times on our on our first record where no one's ever mentioned it to me but in my own head, just judging my own work, I feel like it's not as good of a song because if it real, it's relying on the pedals too much. It's like yeah, right. I, if I if I play this part without the pedal, it doesn't have the same effect. Which obviously the, the whole point of effects is to give things effects. You know what I mean? But yeah. I've been trying to write more like, does this translate to just me singing and playing it? You mm -hmm. know, can I do that and it still be compelling? Sure. You know, so well, can you play to... it on acoustic guitar? I feel like that's an ultimate, right. you know, testament to your songwriting. Um, or I don't know, even like another band I grew up with, you know, Black Sabbath, they're like my Beatles. So, you know, Tony Omi never played, you know, it was just straight into his amp. Yeah. Into his Marshall or his, or his orange. So it's kind of amazing. I don't know. Right. This is something to think about, you know, I love to let, you know, my pedals screech and shit, but, at the same time you know i don't know yeah and the more the more you have the more that can go wrong too that's what i've started to learn exactly right like i've definitely had multiple shows where there was just something wrong with my pedal board and there's too much to really take it all apart and figure it out because you're like about to play so i've tried to one buy the nicest possible cables that i can and just make an investment into that but two sure. like simplify it and if something mm -hmm. is not working or it's causing me problems i just take it off the board yeah and like i realize not every pedal that i own needs to be on the board you know no. i can i think my life setting is maybe four. Oh, really honestly nothing crazy yeah yeah that's oh yeah that sounds awesome like i need to like i like i have fucking like 
17 fucking pedals. Do you have a go-to setup for like your sound? If you can name like two or three pedals that like kind of make your sound up. Yeah, okay. And I would say like outside of an overdrive because I I think overdrive is like such a pretty standard yeah. effect to have. And, and, you know, I use like a green, uh, way huge green rhino, but I, I could use just about any overdrive, mm-hmm. like an OCD or a, a tube screamer. All of those would work fine. Sure. But I think uh, old blood noise, black fountain delay okay, is like, I don't think I could give that one up. And then I have... uh the mxr carbon copy delay yeah okay. which is almost a reverb the way i use it sure and then um i mean those and the pitchfork uh the um i think it's tc electronic okay it's, it's like it's not quite a whammy it's but it's just like a stomp box version of a whammy so it's like oh cool okay it's an octave effect but it also does um harmonic um, it's it's either an octaver octaver or a harmonizer, cool. and okay. you can select, you know, high and low, just low or just high, and set it to either like a detune, two to three octaves, or like a major fifth, major seventh, whatever, whatever harmony. Mm-hmm. You know, that those three, well, yeah, I I could I could make just having those work. Cool, but I have all this other shit too, just because I'll have like a $200 pedal that I use for one part of one song, but it makes the part. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? It's integral for sure. Yeah. But then it's there. It looks like you see this huge board and it looks like, Oh my God, this is so complicated. But most of it is like not used. This is just for a bridge on one song, buddy. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So it's really not that complicated. What about you though? Like, uh, yeah, everything I use is MXR. I just have some standards. I have like, uh, I, it's i forgot what it's like i've been playing it for years it's just like a, a red i think it's called heavy distortion just straight up yeah, yeah yeah i have the heavy distortion this the standard chorus and i think i have like a delay really i mean i my whole trick though is i i run multiple i mean i'll run like i've ran two distortions at once and i yeah. don't know if that's like you know uh blasphemous in no the it's pedal totally world. it's totally not but running you know at full capacity two distortions and then my chorus is screaming as well yeah you get that nice like it's i feel like it's it's watery and it's fluid because of the chorus but yeah. it's it's the the distortion's kind of keeping it together too it's fuzzy and watery at the same I time i love a fuzz and a chorus together yes that's, that's i mean that's fun. like if if anything that's when i think of blood castle that's what i think of so yeah. wherever we want to go if we're doom gaze or we're fucking you know harry styles like you're saying yeah, yeah. you know we <laughs> make a record like he just said i mean i i always want to have kind of that core there with that. yeah 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 i think you can definitely if you can get two distortion pedals to play nice together, mm-hmm. I like to do like I have the green rhino overdrive and then I have uh swollen pickle fuzz. It's they're oh, made yeah. they're made by the same company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they I, I, I feel like they play really nicely together and I have them stacked on top of each other. So if I have a part with the fuzz on and then I want to start playing a lead, I'll just turn on the overdrive as well and it's almost like a boost. Yeah, right. And yep. you just gotta play with that this, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got to just play with the settings and, you know, nothing. I, I feel one of my corny sayings that I feel, I feel like I coined it, but I don't know. I probably didn't, but it's like, there's no bad sound. There's just sounds out of context. Sure. 
you know, like you can take. That's a very nice way to put that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but no, it's true. I like to think, you know, especially in a recording setting. I mean, obviously there's, there's bad sounds. There's just like dissonant fucking nonsense that mm. belongs nowhere. But sure. just in general, I think you can take things that are traditionally shitty, like tones or whatever. And I like to pride myself on f- taking those and putting them in context that like it works really, really well. Like taking like a really shitty snare sound or a really weird, like way too overdriven lead tone and finding the context of other sounds where that actually works really, really well. Right. You know, sure. I think it's harder to do that live. Yeah. You know, right. No, I mean, I'll even, as far as approach too. I mean, this, and my music isn't necessarily heavy, heavy, but my whole thing um, kind of following up what you're saying is like I don't I, I never want to be like out of context like I, I listen to aggressive music that has like uh, merit I guess or like it makes sense according to the song yeah, yeah just kind of being aggressive for no reason never makes sense like if you have no uh, I don't you know what I'm saying <laughs> yeah. I don't know just just being angry to be angry doesn't make any fucking sense to me so yep yeah I agree I agree or having uh, one emotion like I I stopped by my buddy's apartment the other day and he is just like a straight up like meat and potatoes, hardcore and death metal kid. And <laughs> he had some, uh, what are they called? Mustard service or some band that just sounds kind of like a Mac DeMarco rip off, you know, that whole, yeah. which has yeah. been the trend for 10 years in the indie scene. But I walk into his apartment, he has his candles lit. He's listening to this, uh, you know, this Mac DeMarco rip off band. And he's like, <laughs> You just gotta change it up, dude. I'm just I'm not the guy you think I am. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I know, buddy, I know. So yeah. What did I, I just know. walk in on, dude? Yeah, exactly. Kinda, <laughs> yeah. But it's good. It's it's a good thing. That's, Leading up with getting older, you know, you you have to be open. So, yeah. Yeah. It's just that's such a funny, like it's so funny to think about why people do what they do. And I'm just trying to like think about this person who is so like hardcore and then just makes the decision like it's time time for a change, you know? Yeah. yeah. Lights the candles. Yeah. He was actually building his Ikea furniture while listening to this oh, indie shit, that's you know? beautiful. Yeah, it was, it was good. Hilarious, dude. Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to, you know, like I said before, I'm trying to write differently and all this stuff. And it's hard because I don't like, do you know music theory at all? Because I don't know any. Uh, somewhat. I mean, I, I used to take classes in high school. You know, okay. Like I, you know, guitar lessons. I started kind of with, understanding basic music theory yeah. you know i also used to play uh, an indian instrument a sitar yeah so i learned more about music theory through indian classical music which i studied under uh uh pundit uh rajan satdev he's a he has a phd in in india for music actually That's so i wild. studied on him for a year the music was so intense that i stopped playing it yeah because it took me one year to learn like a raga which is like a composite you know co- composition is it like a like a the equivalent of like a blues standard or something yeah uh, yeah maybe i don't really know western classical music but basically if you have your uh your scale yeah so you study that scale for six months and then you start to learn the song so it was pretty, it was intense. Pretty, that dude. is pretty intense. It, it, but so that's my understanding, whatever that means. Yeah. Yeah. So did you play music while you were like over in India? Like, a little you- bit. Yeah. I played a little bit of harmonium and then, um, which is kind of like the pump organ. Yeah. And then yeah. I, uh, I think it's originally a French instrument. And then when the French went over to India in the like 1800s, they kind of 
adopted it. Um, but, uh, and then I played a little bit of, uh, Redunga, which is like, um, like a drum, like hand drum. Oh, that's tight. Yeah. Just a little bit though. I, I love hand percussion, but it's a, it's a fine line actually, you know? Yeah. A white boy playing hand percussion is a fine line. Yeah, so, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Dude, a hundred percent. Everything, I, honestly, even being into world music, it's a fine line. That's, that's why, you know, I might not talk about as much as I used to. Cause I don't, you know, if I don't know somebody, I don't want to. I don't know. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. I think like the line where like world music and white boys intersect is like Vampire Weekend's first album, you know? Yeah. Where I think they yeah. do it really, really well. Yes, they do. Yeah. You know? And I've even thought about, you know, that's funny you bring them up because I, I, I've i kind of been jumping back into that. They have their third record, which I think is the last, last good record. I just listened Modern to Modern Vampires. Of the sea, that's yeah. by far my favorite record. Yeah, it was amazing. It was, it so was kind of like the, I feel like it was their uh, magnum opus. Yes, yeah. I agree. And uh, that's before Rostam left. I think Rostam was in the last record. Oh, I didn't know like the specifics about their members other yeah, than Ezra. They, so there's Ezra and then there's Rostam. They're both like the musical geniuses. Like the, because okay. Ezra reminds me or so much of uh, Paul Simon. Yeah. So I feel like that's his art Garfunkel, you know? Uh, and so like, that makes sense now if you think about their most recent record, how it, it doesn't, it's different. it doesn't have the same sort of dark, to it no no not undertone. at all you know what i'm saying yeah like, they no, never exactly. were a dark band but they had those undertones of like kind of like the garfunkel yeah elements so exactly I, that's, that's interesting that's why that they kind of lost that yeah but that's it's cool because i i always want to incorporate you know i listen to everything from dance hall to you know and like i've listened to african traditional african music too you mm-hmm. know like vampire weekend incorporates some elements of that with the classical you know, I think yeah. that's, that's when I think of Vampire Weekend, I think of those two elements together. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's something that I'd love to eventually do, you know, appropriately with my music too, you know, in some vein, taking these crazy influences and putting them together. But yeah, that's cool. It's cool to talk about Vampire Weekend Dude, fucking, with my Doomgaze band. Yeah, Promoting my Doomgaze band. <laughs> I know. Yeah, there's <laughs> that's no, what makes us different. There's no rules. No. There's no rules Fuck here. No. I think it's something that is interesting and a touchy subject to some people. I'm one of those weird people that I don't, no subject feels too touchy for me, but sometimes I have to like temper how I'm open, how I talk about it. I'm open, you know? Um, but you mentioned do it like incorporate those world music elements like appropriately. And I think that's such an interesting concept to think about like cultural appropriation in terms of like music. Because if you think about, just bringing in your influences and if if those influences were just like white rock bands or something you don't have to think twice about it but if you think about it's it's because i I always felt like music was something that yes can become like a cultural staple for cultures but it's also i think something the beauty of it is that it transcends cultural differences and it transcends all of that stuff that divides us and so like if you I think in a pure utopian sense, if you wanted to write a song that was like entirely like African tribal music, because mm-hmm. that's what spoke to you and you weren't doing it as a cheap ripoff, but it's because like your soul resonated with it. Mm-hmm. I think ideally that shouldn't be an issue at all, but then yeah. you do have to, there is this, you know, social aspect to it where you don't want to seem disrespectful 
right. you know? Right. I hate to, I hate that you have to have kind of like a street cred in a culture, you know, yeah. in a foreign culture to kind of be able to incorporate elements like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's a fine line. It I is. really, I really don't know too. I don't want, know what to say too much. About right. It, but I mean, I know, like, I know. it's a fine line for sure. You know, it just, uh, as long as you're respectful, I guess. Right. I and I, there's definitely people that are like really like out there really critical of of that type of thing too like if they yeah. hear something like they'll take you to task for it you know right like, the only genre that i i think that i don't know could be knocked down a few pegs is like because i've always listened to like reggae and dance hall and things like that but um i don't know the white boy reggae is kind of weird man <laughs> It is. If you're like a '90s like Sublime or something, where you incorporate like so many things into one, you know that's a different story. But it's just like I don't know. Yeah, it's like the we white boy it, dreadlock thing. Like yeah, it's cool. Yeah, you know, know, you 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 bought your sweater from the head shop. Like I get yeah. it. You know. Yeah, I just feel like we should move forward as society from. That, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> we need to be a little more progressive than that. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I there is like there's so many different reasons to get into music and to get into different types of music like you take just like the blues for example some people just want to play the blues and they're very strict about like what that is and adhering mm-hmm. to these spe- specific standards and like maintaining the integrity of what the blues is that's actually a good example rather that's a really good example. you know what i mean rather than like taking the influence of the blues and, and expanding on it sure you are you know? a blues guy because you've heard talk about it a few times. So yeah, I love, curious. I love like, uh, see, I love where the blues went. You know what I mean? Like, oh, cool. I, okay. I can sit there and listen to like Stevie Ray Vaughan or something, and I get it, and it's like interesting. Mm-hmm. But I am a really big like John Mayer guy. Like, yeah, cool. I love, okay, like that's what I mean. Like where the blues went, it was like okay, eventually that well, he created his own world yeah i think in my opinion yeah and, and yeah. he he does a lot of like there's a lot of soul there's funk there's r&b there's blues there's mm-hmm. indie and he does a lot yeah, and right a lot more than he gets credit for i think with no, people with don't pitch people, hipsters you know yeah, people don't know who john mayer is no they don't they just saw the radio songs or whatever and they know who he was when he was like 28 and <laughs> and doing interviews with uh playboy you know what i mean yeah. or penthouse and like right. they know that side of him because but because i am i kind of love that side of him in a way it's, it's a love hilarious. hate. It's love hate. It's but hilarious. Yeah. yeah, like it's very. I like, love anybody who could challenge anything, you yeah. know. And that's kind of. I, I hate to bring it all back to my band. No, but yeah, that's it, why I just you're here. <laughs> that's kind of like you know we like the challenge too for sure. You know. Yeah. Yeah, we like kind of being the. You know, we like to flex a little bit if we're playing with some bands that are. Uh, I don't know new age the new age punky stuff we kind of like the flex and we're like you know we have a band meeting before we play i said let's really fucking tear this shit up yeah and let's just state our dominance then we have then we play shows where we're kind of like like if we play with hardcore bands we're like the indie band if you love the bill you know what i mean so we we like to i don't know we're always the different ones I yeah, yeah, I definitely entirely can relate to that Mm -hmm. you know but i love that that's my favorite actually yeah i love being that it's fun. Like I will play gigs where like every band is either quote unquote, like Midwest emo or pop punk or whatever. And yeah. And then there's us and I'm just like, all right guys, uh, 
nobody knows what's about to happen right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, I love being like second or third on a bill where both of the bands that just got done playing are not bad because like they can be really good, but mm-hmm. definitely derivative of something that everyone in the audience has heard before and it's familiar and people like that people like familiar they like to be comfortable and they like new versions of the same fucking cereal you know what i mean sure but uh i love the sense of like i'm about to give them something they don't know you know right it's it's fun it's my second favorite compliment that we've ever gotten we've got it probably 20 times is nobody plays what you play around here and that's always a great compliment yeah i'm sure your band's gotten that too that's the most common one. I that's think. That's awesome. It's yeah. like the most, yeah. And that or like when people tell me they like the chords I use, like guitar players cool. will come tell me. I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. 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 I'm definitely not a guitar player guy. <laughs> I'm not I don't, really either. That's know. the thing. Yeah, like, right. I'm not like, I haven't gotten better at guitar in so long. Like mm-hmm. I, I had a really, really rapid rise when I first started playing, like from eighth grade to 10th grade was just it was lightning quick how where I, I got to where I got. And mm-hmm. I was like better than all of my friends who played guitar like quickly. And now I have friends who have been playing consistently as long as I have and they're better than me, you know? Like yeah, from a technically right. technicality standpoint. Right. You know, I'd argue that like Well it's I'll, all subjective. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like my my I still feel like my songwriting ability and like the way I the way I think about the studio and the way I think about layers and all that that's where I think I'm like the most proficient mm. you know like yeah. I, I I that keeps getting better and better and better like every time I listen to a new song by anybody I'm I'm absorbing you know I'm studying in that way sure like that's sure. that's how I get better at music I don't I don't feel super motivated to like drill scales or like no. read through the like I would like to take lessons and and start to know more mm. but I I'd like to just think about music differently and then and like see what see what I can do because none of the stuff I want to write really requires me to know how to sweep pick. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. Like it requires for me to like open my mind and think about chords differently rather than mm-hmm learn new techniques necessarily or create a feeling or create an atmosphere yeah you know? yeah yeah like find new pedals learn how to use a fucking sequencer like that's high on my list of things right now like that's i want to cool. learn how to use a sequencer because i don't know what the fuck it is i know that it's just a box with a bunch of buttons on it and mm-hmm. you use some cables and shit and i know radiohead has one <laughs> so i just want to learn but what's your favorite radiohead record because we might become friends once i say mine we might become yeah. friends or like mortal enemies so i don't know yeah i kind of figured so okay okay well, computer i think it's for those of you this isn't a visual or in thing. rainbows too in, Rainbow? in yeah. rainbows is yeah. like 1a 1b with okay computer sure for me okay what about you <laughs> kid a i love king of limbs oh king of limbs dude i can see that though okay cool okay no one's ever that. said that in my life that. so that's great okay cool no, I cool. I totally like they're a different band on every record. So yeah. that's just the one that you like the most. That one reminds me, I, I, you know, Animal Collective. Oh, yeah. It reminds me of Animal Collective oh, yeah. did kind of like uh, elevator music. Yeah. That's what it reminds <laughs> me of. So, yeah, that's why yeah, I like that record. Like if Animal Collective was just like a, a traditionally instrument, instrumentated, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like traditional instrumentation 
trying to play Animal Collective type shit. Yeah, exactly. Like drum circle in a four-piece rock band, you know? Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, like I love, we used to do, I was in this old band that we did a cover of Lotus Flower. and Oh, cool, nice. Where I just, nice. I put down the guitar and I just sang and I was, oh my God, it was so much fun. You didn't do the little Tom your jig, did you? Did you? Nice, okay. I, I nice. didn't like, I didn't try no, to good. overdo it because then I didn't want to seem like I was parodying it. Yeah, right. You know, right. but I did my own version of just like feeling it. You sure. Know? And it was a lot of fun because like our guitar player had like this delay pedal and I had the idea to like, I can manipulate your effects while you're playing since I don't, I have my hands free. So I'm like singing and I'm on my knee, like shifting knobs while the guitar player is playing. And I love that. It's like a really, it was really, it's something that I would like to get back into doing a little bit more now that like we have two other guitar players in, in a daydream besides me now. So, oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So like sometimes we have three guitars going at once, but then other times like I realized, oh, it's okay for me to just stop playing now because I can just teach Danny, you know, my sure. part there and I can fuck around and, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's weird because I've never been like a traditional like roam about the stage type of front man. Like if I didn't have the guitar, I wouldn't, I don't know what I would do really. Right. You know? Right. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I see my band getting, I mean, I almost kind of want to become like, a, I mean, every show we play, so I, I should include this for those of us, those of anyone listening that hasn't seen us, our lineup changes not only according to availability, but we'll kind of play it according to the show. Like, yeah. I'm never like mad if someone says, I don't think it's the right show for me. I have something going on that night. It's fine. Yeah. Because like we've, I, the last show we played is two piece. I have two active drummers in my band. Oh, we shit. haven't done like the duel yet, but like we have two active drummers and when we play with each drummer. It's like a different type of, um, this different show. That's, that's and, fun. Yeah. Like, that's and really then, fun. uh, you know, I'm writing with both of those drummers too. And then my basses mm-hmm. will play differently with them. You know? Yeah, so yeah. it's like, it's like we're, I'm, it's almost like we're writing two separate, projects right now are two separate uh eps or something yeah right now so i'm really excited to release some music this year we're we just came back from the studio about a month ago um but i'm excited to actually like write a full ep we've only released the singles so okay um yeah yeah we're kind of deciding like i don't know what how i want to release all this shit like we put out one single uh like late last year okay and i you know it's also going to be on whatever the next record is, mm. but I didn't release the single to promote a new record because I'm like not even close to done with it. Yeah. So I don't even know what it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be a full length. I don't know if I just want to release it all as singles and then like drop so it like as a compilation a or something. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like just like here, here are all the singles and now here's a record that you can buy on vinyl to kind of recontextualize all those singles and like add a mm. couple interludes or like maybe a couple bonus songs or something. Nice. Nice. But I just feel like, I don't know. This is a rabbit hole. Like I'm, I'm not going to let us go down because I just don't like talking about it, but like, I don't the way like releases work now and the algorithms and trying to like remain relevant for a longer period of time by like releasing a bunch of singles rather than just the pure art form of a a record. Sure. Yeah. It's very, we're kind of surrendering to it. I don't know. No, I think I am too. Yeah. I think I am too. And then, because I just feel like, what you know you can release the whole record 
and like what are you really getting for that like you're not i feel like that versus releasing every single song individually what's the mm. difference other than like people still get the record yeah the people who are going to listen to the full thing are going to do that anyways regardless of if you've already released every single song like i don't understand the point of just dropping a whole record unless you're already famous because nowadays no one gives a shit like yeah if you want them to absorb it all you have to give it to them in bite-sized pieces you can't sure yeah it's kind of what we're doing you know i kind of look at us as uh we're kind of like the i don't know it's like our box of crayons it's like the you know here's our magenta here's our cream here's yeah. our whatever mango and we're kind of like taste, even though these taste, are not crayon colors yeah well they're, they're more centric crayon, crayon colors but anyway you know mango what I'm saying. cream you know whatever yeah. orange blue green here's our here's our crayons that's like the 96 pack yeah no for sure that's colors. that's what i was alluding yeah, yeah, to yeah, right yeah. so like you know here are our different flavors and eventually we're gonna do we're have our whole crayon set Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe do it. You'll release our compilation as like uh, you don't want to do like a physical release. Yeah, maybe like a cassette, something unique. I don't know. Yeah, cassettes are kind of coming back. So yeah, we sold we sold like thirty cassettes, I think. Nice, like, which nice. is you know not a lot, but like I was surprised that we sold the entire order. You know, mm. it took us a long time. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it took us like a year or two, maybe year and a half to sell all those cassettes. But people enough. They were consistently buying them. Like that's great. Every other show, we'd sell a cassette, or I sold nice. like three on Bandcamp or something. And I was like, okay, I guess we'll keep doing that, mm-hmm. you know. But what I really want to do is like, I really want to just have a vinyl that I can hold in my hand with like all my lyrics written in there and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And I think that is kind of where things are going. I think you know that's the smartest thing to do is to release everything as a single, just so that you can have multiple release cycles and multiple hits at the algorithm i fucking hate even saying that word now yeah but no i know what you're saying um and then just drop every drop the physical release that's a that's its own thing mm -hmm. you know right i feel like um it's funny i i kind of feel my band going towards almost like uh writing like a concept record yeah and uh it's something i've kind of flirted with in the past but it's actually kind of happening like i have a whole lore that i'm writing right now oh, in my sick. band. Sick. yeah and we're kind of um and then so my basis is like a like an illustrator like comic book style oh, like marvel yeah. comic style yeah so we're thinking about doing like uh like when we finally get our physical release done whether it's a compilation or something new like having like a small i don't even want to say graphic novel but a, like a little like like, a, like an accompaniment almost. yeah like, exactly yeah, with yeah. it so that's kind of our ultimate plan right now that's if we dope. have a plan yeah but i feel like we haven't teased enough yet i mean we i don't I feel like we haven't shown enough of our weird crayons yet yeah yeah, so, yeah yeah no i think uh how long have you guys been like releasing music since 2020 okay yeah so not too long and joel only singles at this point um yeah i mean we did um so i noticed a bunch of different album arts yeah on your spotify so i thought yep. it was probably a lot of singles or something yeah they're pretty much all singles last spring we released like a a two track single you know whatever yeah but uh two track release but uh besides that all singles right now and then we have another we have our quote-unquote big single coming out hopefully this spring with our first like official 
video and oh tight yeah and like you know we're gonna do like a merch line with it and kind of do like a whole like rebranding of blood castle with this That's sneak smart. peek yeah. but yeah we're kind of we kind of want to rebrand ourselves with every phase everything has a phase you know yeah yeah uh, we I'm, just, I'm the same way. That's great. I, I think that's that's the way that interests me the most. Mm-hmm. Like I, when a band, you know, decides on their brand and then that's just it. I'm like, oh, I'm bored. You know? Yeah. Right. Like I, I like. I'd be bored with my own music. Like th- our first record, when that's all we had to play live. Like I would bring a lot of flowers onto stage, and I had my microphone stand wrapped in flowers and all this shit. Which sure. Not a groundbreaking idea, but it fit because it was like a lot of it was about death and all this stuff. So we would have a lot of, I wanted to have like a funeral level amount of like flowers on stage and have that Mm. contrast of like, oh, it's like beautiful, but it's about like all these dark death, you know? Yeah. It fit. Yeah. You know, but now I'm like writing happier stuff and, Mm. you know, the, the record title that we're working on is a lot it's just a flashier title and it's like um you know i want to do something different i want to have like a full theme i want to like have like have something else that we bring to stage whether that's like thinking about like getting those stick on leds and sticking it all over the mic stand oh cool okay something that feels more like a club that's sweet i think that's ballsier and dare i say more punk rock to do something like that now yeah something flashy on stage you know and then you have to back it up yeah right no for sure and then but i just think you know like not shitting on any genres but you know we talked about midwest emo a few times already and that's just kind of like uh you know we don't want to fall to these tropes and stuff right it's kind of cool if you play with a band that wears you know every band's wearing flannel and playing the weedly weedly shit Yeah, yeah and then you go on stage with you know like led lights and you know something extravagant i I love that yeah no that's that's really dope and we kind of want to do the same thing i don't want to it's a it's also a fine line we're kind of uh writing our video right now for upcoming release and it's it's definitely like uh influenced by we're really into like uh, old older like 70s like vintage italian horror films so it's definitely like influenced by that that's sick um (laughs) but it's a fine line between uh like corny and authentic yeah so it's just we're trying to find that line i guess you know yeah you know yeah experimentation is is good yeah. you know it's it's it takes some time to you got to be willing to like kind of embrace some shit that you are not gonna um hit your wagon to you know what i mean you're like all right not every show is like the biggest thing in the world and like you can try different things and like you can look at certain things as practice almost yeah you know like okay yeah, it's a gig. Yeah, you want to put on a good show, but also like you can just try some shit out that might not stick, and it's fine. You, that's how you figure it out, you know. Sure. But yeah, I mean, it's. I, I wish you know. I wish more bands would try things differently. I, I think I look at and another thing I notice is like a lot of a lot of bands, whether it's their name or whether it's like their aesthetic or like what their songs are about. I just feel partly it's excusable because sometimes it's their age but i feel like there's not as many people doing things that are potentially timeless like yeah i agree it yeah a lot of stuff feels very much like this is really good for what you are right now and who you are but like are you gonna want to play these songs like is it gonna make sense for your band to be this 
called this when you're 35 yeah. like you know what i mean like well you've been doing this a while so flashback 10 years ago like yeah. all these metalcore bands yeah. oversaturated the scene I yeah feel like and then uh yeah i think that's a good example of that and i think pop punk as a whole is a good example of that yeah i don't know that's just my opinion like there's like trends that people jump on like naming your band after like a fav- famous person's name and doing a play on words on it i'm like <laughs> right. it was cool i think i know exactly what you're talking about actually this because there's so many examples there of is it. but yeah and it's like i have like five that came to mind yeah exactly so it's yeah. like okay if you're the first person to do it or maybe even the second like cool but like once once it's like an a, established trend like it just seems so like weird and lazy and just like don't you want to have your band name doesn't that mean more to you than to like just jump on the bandwagon of what's cool like this right. is right i don't know but that's that's just me like i'm not saying it's wrong like people want to feel like a part of something and that's how they do it or whatever. Like, I don't have a, like a problem with it necessarily, but I could never do that. You know, like in a daydream has been the only band name I've ever really had, you know, like under my own music. Like it's good. It's a good thing to say. I love that. Like, (laughs) I mean, I've been into other bands, yeah, but like for as like my own music, it's the only thing that's ever like interested me. And like, that's, Mm for better or for worse, I don't think I could ever bring myself to change it. You know sure. what I mean? Cause that's just what it is. And do you still like it? I love it. Later? That's great. Yeah. I love it. I think it that's makes good. perfect sense. That's great for me, but you know, I don't know, like Elvis depressedly, like, I guess that's <laughs> cute, but it's Was like it, uh, all these other Michael ones. Sarah Palin. Yeah. And I actually yeah. met Michael Sarah Palin okay. and like, I like those guys. Yeah. They're not the, yeah. They're good like, they're, they're actually, I'm talked to their drummer for like, I was at this uh, like the DIY Burning Man last year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, their drummer was like one of the coolest guys I've ever met. Um, but yeah, they're just an example. I'm just like I'm not shitting on them. I'm yeah. just saying like, and there's so many culprits. Ellen Degenerate or de- something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, you're so funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're so clever. It is what it is. It is what it is, dude. And I'm, I mean, fine. Do your thing. Let, yeah, thing. you know what? That's my live. thing. Let people do what they do and, you know, they can stay over there and we'll stay over here. Whatever, <laughs> whatever know, the fuck I that know. means. <laughs> yeah. But um, what about, uh, we'll get close to wrapping up here. Sure. Uh, what about any, like, future plans, like, other than, like, releasing the record? Like, kind of, do you have, like, sonic changes that you're looking yeah. forward to? Or? Um. So our new... uh our new release this upcoming spring it's it's definitely kind of dancing in the vein of like uh joy division and bauhaus but then we have a little switch up on this track that's going to be a hell of a surprise and different than anything we've ever did before for sure that's cool um but you know we'll see what happens i guess you know we're constantly kind of moving forward and evolving so we'll we'll see what happens yeah um you know definitely want to incorporate uh we're we're kind of dancing in between moving in that direction like a post-punk direction and then even giving like heavier and so like some tracks new tracks we have or i can hear like bauhaus or i can hear like new order and then other tracks you know i hear uh influence from like i don't know the acacia strain or something like that so it's like you know we'll see we'll see where it goes 
but that we so we have that release this spring. Um, we just dropped a track called Sullen. Uh, you can hear it on all streaming platforms, and um, hopefully some uh physical, you know accompaniment like that word can come with something soon yeah you know, and sell to shows and order online you know and we're actually thinking about creating like a, a hymn book we're gonna call it yeah so we're sick. thinking like a lyric and visual like uh you know little booklet or that's tight zine almost like yeah a blood called zine so we're thinking <laughs> about doing something like that and um Cult yeah chronicles there we go i love that <laughs> i love that uh the lore's coming soon talking to netflix and we'll have, yeah. the, uh, have the series out pretty soon no, i like uh, the idea matt of- damon's gonna play the lead and it's gonna be good <laughs> i love the idea of like moving in, in a bunch of different directions different tracks so like i feel like if I'm having a really hard time deciding on how to order the songs because they all feel so different. Mm. In my opinion, I'm doing a really good job of writing because yeah, like I, I want, I don't want two songs to be the same thing, you know? Right. Like I don't, I don't want that at all. And some bands will like, they do want, they want to find one particular sound and just exhaust it and that's the record and i think you there's ways to do that really well too so i'm not saying that like do you feel like sometimes there's an intentional challenge to that like i could see it like i like i think bands like uh turnover comes to mind where (laughs) they'll have a record where it's literally the whole record is like almost a meditation on one thing yeah like one sound and trying to squeeze every drop out of that one thing do you think that's intentional i think this is a good this is a really good topic i've actually always want to ask somebody that like a musician this i think it is i think it is because it would be so random otherwise it would be such a weird but it's hard to tell unless that band has multiple records like if the band has multiple records then you can see if they've done it multiple times, then mm. yeah, okay. Like they had one record that was very much like in like peripheral vision was very much one thing, and they use a lot of like guitar tones um, consistently across the record and things. Uh, like that. It's my top forty, at least thirty, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah. So it's like once you see that a band That's tends a to switch it up, but then keep it consistent within the record, mm-hmm. then it does feel intentional. Yeah, but, but if a band you know they only have like one record it's like their first thing and the whole thing kind of sounds the same mm-hmm. i need to see more before i can really like the jury's still out sure you know on sure. what they're even capable of mm-hmm. yeah i almost feel like i don't know if you can if a record is if you kind of hated it at first and you grow to like it i feel like that's all of my favorite records have done that like i actually probably hated it at first yeah and i was like wow this is kind of I don't know. And then I put it together and I have like the realization that this was, it was supposed to be a challenge or something. Yeah. That's, that's how kid a is to me. Yeah. That's that's a good example. Yeah. Like there's maybe two songs on kid a that like at first listen, I was like, I fuck with this. And then you hear all these people say it's their favorite Radiohead record. I'm just like, how, like why? And then I listen more and more because it's like, okay, I have a, like Radiohead as a band is like built equity within me. Like I understand mm. that they're awesome. You know, like I understand that they made this with intention. Like they were trying to do a certain thing and mm. by all accounts, they've done it extremely well. So I'm like, I feel like if I'm not getting it, that's my fault. I need to do more work. I need yeah, to right. recontextualize it. Maybe I need to do mushrooms and listen to it. And then I'll understand <laughs> like, that's, that's what it took for fucking King of Limbs. 
you know, okay. I needed cool. a little bit of psychedelic encouragement to sure. like start to understand that record. And then, but once I did, I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it's so cliche, but that it, you know, once I saw it in the right way, Bony Vare is the same way. Like I, you know, I had, I had to hear Bony Vare like kind of tripping one time. Okay. Like the, that, like the more recent 22 stuff? a million okay. was the record that cool. like, once I heard it like the right way, I guess it was like, okay, this is fucking just unparalleled genius. No, <laughs> it is. Like, yeah. The first yeah. time I heard it, I was just like, dude, what the fuck? This is so annoying and pretentious. Like, oh, it's a bunch of noises. Like, but then you hear it and you're like, you have to be in the right mindset for these things, right. you know? Of course. Yeah. Which, which is extremely pretentious, but I love that. <laughs> I love it, you know? Yeah, it is. It's yeah. art, you know? It should be a challenge once in a while. Like, there should be stuff that's just easily accessible like comfort food art you know but then there should be shit that does challenge you and you shouldn't just you know need everything to be so digestible right away you know sure but boom i'm gonna have you just say where people can find your band online and all that stuff and then we'll wrap her up sure um you could find blood castle on instagram blood or at blood.castle you can find us on all streaming services. Catch us at, I sound like a fucking radio guy. <laughs> Catch us at uh, Road Rangers on April 21st, Taylor, Michigan, with January Man and Midwest Flair. Uh, Hell Satan. <laughs>